Welcome to another episode of Dirt Stories. This episode dives into a really important topic in the industry, especially when coming up on a new year. We're talking about women in the construction industry. Angela Kaseki from Move Over Bob is joining us to explore the value of making room for women in the industry and how she started the Move Over Bob movement. Let's dive in. Thank you so much, so much for joining us today. Why don't you just start off by telling us and our listeners how you got involved in the construction industry? So I got involved in the construction industry um, by tackling my own home renovation. I moved from Washington, D.C. to North Carolina and saved up a bunch of money uh, with the goals of purchasing a home, uh, which I did, and then um, saved up some more money and uh, to renovate that house. And uh, I originally was going to hire contractors to do it, but uh, in my search for a contractor, I kind of decided that I would do it myself, which my husband at the time was not uh, thrilled about, <laughs> but I convinced him to uh, to let me have a go at it. It was something that I had built with my dad um, plenty of times because he was actually a teacher all growing up, but did construction in the summers. Uh, so he dropped all his tools off for me and we got started and um, I just fell in love with it. And I ended up doing well enough that I won a competition with this old house magazine for their kitchen remodel. And I spoke with the, oh, wow. yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was a really good, like, especially since my husband was very like, I don't know about this. I'm like, well, here you go. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, but, um, um, but anyways, and so the editor of the magazine I spoke with her afterwards and uh, I told her, I'm like, you know, I want to do this for a living. At the time, I had actually been a barber uh, for 10 years in DC um, before, you know, tackling this renovation. And so I was like, I, I want to make a career change. I would love to get into construction. And she was very generous with her time um, and gave me this, this kind of checklist of how to dive into construction if I wanted to get involved myself. And um, I just, it, that was just the beginning of it. And I just feel like I kind of made the jump and it's the rest is history at this point. Yeah. Yeah. How did they hear about, about your reno for the magazine? Did you have to like apply or did your husband reach out or how did they hear about the work that you were doing? Yeah. So I had taken pictures of my renovation and my husband um, was showing pictures to his coworkers and one of his coworkers was like, oh my God, like you need to tell your wife to submit these pictures of this old house. They have a competition. And so that's how I heard about it. I didn't know about it until he came home okay. and told me about this. So I, um, very discreetly, because I don't think I, I'm not even sure I told him that I entered, but I sent the pictures in because I was like, okay, let me see. Um, yeah. And then I got a call from the editor a few months later telling me that I had actually won. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you know when you were doing that first project that you were like, wow, like this is actually turning out really well. And I'm pretty good at this. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I had given a lot of, I don't know, I think like most things in my life, I just kind of decide I want to do something, you know, I usually, you know, I don't come from a lot of money. So like, you know, my resources tend to be pretty limited. So I'm kind of used to being scrappy. And so it was like, I have this dream of what I want. Um, I explored plenty of options, but I'm like, you know what, this is something that I want to do myself and I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. Uh, so sometimes like I'll make decisions like that and I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I could have really messed this up. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes I like, I like reflect back and I'm like, I can't believe that I did that, but I did. So um, yeah. Well, I like most stories where something great happens, I feel like there was always a moment where someone's like, you know what, we're just going to do it. We're just yeah. going to do it and we'll see what happens and we'll just deal with the consequences after if there are any. Yeah. I do remember a very specific, awesome. I do remember a very specific moment um, during the renovation of just sitting in the kitchen and just feeling like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. And, and just this, this feeling of like, oh my God, I love this. Like, so much like just this overwhelming feeling of 
like happiness. Like I was in my happy space, you know, and to other people, maybe a complete and total disaster, right? Because it wasn't complete yet. But I just remember sitting in this like gutted kitchen and just being like, I love this so much. Um, so I definitely remember that. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel that way now when you do projects? I do. I really do. Like I really, yeah. somebody recently asked me like, what would you be doing if you're not doing this? And I'm like, this, I I don't have an answer. Like this is yeah. what I wanted to do. And this is what I left my previous profession to do. So um, I love it. And I just want to do more of it. And I want to like, you know, I mean, I, I definitely have patience for the fact that I am, a, you know, a small business and growing and I'll get to bigger projects, but I just, I want to keep doing this and, you know, bigger forms of this, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Right. So then after that, after that award and that recognition, after you had that conversation with the editor, you went on to enroll in a building program. How big of a decision was that for you? It was a pretty big decision because I was working full-time as a barber. Um, And uh, fortunately, I had developed enough of a clientele where I was, where I could, uh, you know, adjust my hours and they were willing to accommodate when I was available. So in that regard, it was, I was fortunate. So I was able to, it was a lot of work because it was working and then going to school. And then I was picking up kind of side jobs to kind of uh, get my feet wet in construction. So it was like, just like seven days a week for <laughs> quite some time. Um, so uh, yeah, it was a big decision, but it was, yeah, one I'm obviously very grateful that I did. Yeah, for sure. And did you have a perception of the construction industry, maybe even before you started your first reno or when you first joined the building program? Yeah, it, I, I kind of it felt a bit untouchable right? As far as, especially doing it professionally, you know, uh, to have the audacity to do it to my own house, fine. You know what I mean? Still crazy. Still sounded plenty of crazy too, you know, myself and plenty of other people. But like as a whole, the construction industry just wasn't something attainable. I mean, even thinking back that the the first person I thought to ask was like the editor of a magazine who, it's funny looking back now because, and she had said like, well, I'm not in the construction industry, but you know, I've been, she was working for this old house for long enough that she had a general understanding. Um, But I think it speaks to the fact that like, as a woman, like I had no idea who to turn to. I had no idea who to talk to because the construction industry just wasn't accessible in my mind. Like you use the term untouchable. I think that that's such an interesting, an interesting way to look at it because I, I think that a lot of people, even if they're not involved or even want to be involved in the industry, kind of look at it through this glass bubble. That construction is like this whole entity that unless you're in it, I don't think anybody can really understand it. Because as soon as you get in it, and I'm sure you've seen this as well. I mean, I've only been working involved in the industry for a little bit over a year myself, but there's so much to it that Mm -hmm. unless you're in it, you can't even know that. So I just think that that's such a great way to describe it. How has that changed for you now that you've been in it? So when when did you do your building program? How long ago was that? Um, I started that program in 2016, I think is when I enrolled, I believe. I'm like thinking back now. Yeah, it was 2016 (laughs) when I enrolled. Um, So yeah, I'm like a newbie to the industry myself. Um, And... um, yeah, so not not too not too long, and uh, I was fortunate that the I, I ended up being surrounded by awesome men when I got into the program, um, and also really awesome yeah. women. So that was also a huge surprise um, when I showed up to class. Even just the first day, there were twelve people in the class, and six of the people in the class were women, and that was That's a awesome. huge shock to me. Yeah, it was like, oh my god, I'm not alone. Like, there's more of us. Um, which just kind of sparked a whole nother obsession of mine um, to try to find more <laughs> women um, that clearly, right. you know, because I think a lot of women think that it's, I don't know, I feel like really alone about that trying to, to pursue something um, in an industry that, like we just said, felt pretty untouchable. So to show up and find other women that were decided to make this leap of faith, you know, all, all of us thinking we were going to show up and no other woman was going to be there. Um, was a pleasant surprise. And I think that kind of speaks a bit to part of the message that I try to deliver to other women when I talk to them, that like, they're not alone. There are other women. There are also plenty of men that are welcoming. Um, It's not as untouchable as you think. (laughs) 
that's actually a perfect segue into my next question because I'd love for you to walk me through that first move over Bob hashtag and how it's turned from this like almost like a joking thing that you used once into like a movement. It's a newsletter, you have a social media presence and it's it's like a female movement now in the industry. Yeah, it was a it was actually a total joke that I, I came home from that first day of class and I made a Facebook post. Uh, and I just put, you know, fun fact, half the people in my construction class are women. And then I joked with the hashtag, like, move over, Bob. And um, just the response from the hashtag in that post um, was also, like, surprisingly overwhelming. Like, there were just women that, and men that I hadn't even, like, you know, you know how Facebook can get. You just have a bunch of people that sometimes yeah, you never yeah. hear for years. But, like, people were just, like, coming out of nowhere to be like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Like just so excited to hear that there were women tackling the construction industry, like um, the empowerment that it gave other women just to know. And then um, just the humor in it too. Cause I mean, it is, and I feel like most responses, you know, it is like the first response is like people laugh cause it's funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's meant to be a joke. And I think a sense of humor is really the best way to get through you know, as a woman, it is kind of a really great way to get through being in a male dominated space is to like have a sense of humor and then hope that the men around you also have a sense of humor. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and that's the other thing. I feel like most men, they like chuckle when they hear about it. That was actually one of my questions is how, how do most men react when they, when you talk to them about move over Bob or when they first hear about it from you? So I have, okay, so I started the Instagram in 2017. And this is something, I guess it still surprises me, but it always surprises other women when I tell them. I have not had a single role on Instagram have a problem with the name. And any man I've ever said it to, they just chuckle. Like they think it's funny. Um, And I'm sure that there are men that maybe would, that would take issue with it. But I personally haven't experienced any of them have issue with it. Like they just kind of think it's funny. Um, (laughs) And it's like, you know, um, which I think, again, just like the fact that both men and women, the initial reaction is to laugh is like, great. Cause that I think is kind of what could be very helpful in everyone just realizing that like, let's not take ourselves too seriously, but like, come on, like women do need to say like, let's make some room for us because we, there just isn't usually, you know what I mean? So, um, and in some ways I feel like I'm like, well, if a man responds to it negatively, like, I don't know that I even want to work with him because they might not be fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've been, yeah, I haven't had too many, like knock on wood, I guess. Uh, Like I said, I haven't had any like negative experiences. In fact, a lot of the, the hashtags that are used are like from dads, which makes me so happy. Like, I love when dads use the hashtag or Bob for their daughters. Um, It's just, it's so much fun. Um, So there's plenty of men that use it as well. And um, yeah, I I think it's it's really just for the best that everybody just kind of takes a look at it for what it is. And I think it's also kind of almost like a healthy exercise for women because I, the only, the people that actually bring it to my attention the most as far as a like, is that going too far? Are, are usually women worried that men will have issue with it? Um, those are usually the people that bring it up to me the most. Like, well, you know, can you know they're afraid to use it because they don't want to come off abrasive. But um, I think in some ways, what I love about it, and when I love when I see women using the hashtag, it is making a statement. You know, it is saying like, make some room. And I think when we are able to do that and realize that, like men are going to attack you for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, you're okay and say, hey, make some room. Um, It's almost like a sigh of relief to feel like, okay, like it's okay that I say this, you know, I need to live up to this now, right? Because now I'm making a bold statement of saying make room. Um, I think it's almost kind of like a a healthy exercise um, in, in what needs to be done, which is women kind of stepping up to say like, you know, I need, I need some space here to learn and I need some space to grow. And, and there is plenty of room for us too. So. Right. Yeah. Talk me through that just a little bit more, Angela, the, the message of making space and what at its essence, what that means and maybe how it's different from just trying to like have a seat at the table versus actually having room made for you. Yeah. I think the construction industry is interesting. um, And I do find it to be a very fascinating industry in the sense that 
you know, there's a lot of male dominated industry, but the construction industry more specifically really needs people. Like there, <laughs> we have a skilled trades gap. There yeah. are, you know, there's, there's a, there's an actual, just a real need for more people in the workforce and women being this untapped workforce. So, you know, yes, there are seats at the table, but I think kind of taking the conversation beyond like, okay, clearly we know there's room, but what does that mean to have room? And what does it mean to have a seat at the table if we don't feel, you know, comfortable or we don't feel like this is a space that is a safe space for us to work, for a safe space for us to learn, um, you know, knowing that obviously men do dominate this industry. They are the ones that hold majority of the position. So we will need their assistance and we need their help and we need their education. We need um, them to welcome us into the space and give us the resources um, that will help us grow and be beneficial to the industry as a whole. So, you know, it's kind of just going, we know that there's room, <laughs> but there, we need to go a little bit further than that and make it so women just kind of jumping in to fill this the skilled tra- the skilled trades gap and fill this need, you know, I guess for me, my worry would be is that women jumping into this and we don't have the resources and we don't have the support that we need to be successful within it, you know, <laughs> like literally jumping in, like jumping into an industry that like doesn't even have a safety harness that fits correctly, do you know what I mean, or whatever, like you know, like quite literally making this jump and so eager, like so many women so eager to jump into it, but like kind of stepping back and saying, okay, we also have to slow down and realize like this wasn't an industry made for women. So how do we, how do we have conversations and how do we encourage like making sure that we don't eagerly jump in and then fail? You know what I mean? Um, So yeah. 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 I think PPE is such an interesting topic in this because I've, I know that there are some female led PPE companies now that are making gloves that fit properly or, you know, clothes that aren't too baggy. And and it's like, there's a whole safety aspect too that. uh, I think if, if you only have men as well, even at the higher level of the industry, it just doesn't get thought about and it's not maybe even done purposely, but it's Mm -hmm. just like, it's like a, fallout of everything else of how, just like you were saying, the the industry is built. Mm-hmm. So um, how much of this is, do you think about like the on ground experience when women join it versus those superv- supervisors, project managers, and even business owners needing to make space? Do you think it's a, kind of like a 50-50 of, of who maybe should be taking the most out of this movement? Um, I think there's opportunity for everybody. I mean, just thinking, I was just, as you, as we were talking about, even like safety mm-hmm. equipment and, and apparel and things like that, I already kind of, some female business owners have come to mind in the last year that have launched seeing the hole and seeing the need and, and taking advantage of that opportunity to become full-blown business owners. You know, Emily Solaby of Juno Jones Shoes realized there weren't steel toe boots for the woman who does go between the office and the site. And so she created a steel toe boot for it, you know, like, so I think there have, yeah. there's some really interesting opportunities for female business owners um, to jump in. I, I can say as in the residential side and as a business owner on the residential side, I very much saw the opportunity um, as a woman in business to, to start my own business and um, kind of tap into the, the female homeowners. You know, I work with major, like mostly, if not all female homeowners, because um, I saw an opportunity on the residential side um, coming from my own experience of wanting to work with a female contractor. Um, so I think on the business side, there's just so many opportunities. But then in addition to that, I think, I don't know, just there's so many opportunities in general. <laughs> like you talk to any woman in construction, no yeah. matter what position you hold, it, whether they're a tradeswoman, uh, you know, working for a, a union or they're, you know, they are in uh, the administrative side or they're in equipment or they're in, I mean, it just doesn't matter. Like every single woman I talk to, mm-hmm. It's like, oh my God, there's so many opportunities. <laughs> like, just <laughs> name it. You're yeah. like, you name it. What are you going to do? Look at this ginormous industry with with so many different positions and jobs and, and levels that, you know, and just what do you want? Like, really? And I think that's the conversation they yeah. have with a lot of women that want to talk to me about it. Because I'm like, you tell me what you want. Because honestly, there's a place for it. Just what is it that you want to do? <laughs> like, there's so much work. Um, yeah. So but that's such an interesting question to pose because if you're a woman and, and you've been looking like you had at the industry as being untouchable 
then if somebody mm-hmm. poses that question, it's like, well, man, what do I want to do? Without realizing like how big of an industry this is. And I'm still, you know, feeling it out and trying to figure out, you know, how I fit best. But um, so in that regard, it also is very overwhelming, which is kind of why with Move Over Bob, I've been trying you know, I kind of stepped back to, to take a look at how I felt like I could serve the community best. And at the end of the day, I think just disseminating mm-hmm. information and making it accessible um, and getting women's stories out there and really kind of getting into like how, like how they got into this um, and, and make kind of making it relatable because sure men in construction are intimidating, but so are really successful women <laughs> in the construction industry. Yeah. I mean, like they're super intimidating. Like they're, it's untouchable for, you know, a, a woman with no connections just in general. Like it doesn't matter yeah. both the men and women in construction. It's a very intimidating industry to get into if you feel like you're, you know, small apples with nothing to offer. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, so yeah. just kind of again, trying, just trying to like make it kind of break it down and make the information and the resources easy to digest and easy to get a hold of um, without feeling like, you know, ridiculous for trying. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Is there a particular story uh, or two that you've, you know, come across or that you've connected with a woman in the industry that really sticks out for you? Yeah, I, I so every single time that, especially because Move Over Bob at this point, a majority on, on the website, a lot of it are these kind of feature stories. Um, uh-huh. And the every single time I interview one of these women or anytime I get a story um, that we want to publish, it's they're all so unique and they're so inspiring in their own way. So it's it's really hard to say that there's only like one or two um, that uh-huh. stick out in my mind. Um, I've said before, you know, there's one story of Danielle Bryant of Thrive Construction who overcame, uh, she had rheumatoid arthritis. And I have a good friend of mine who has that as well. And I know how difficult it can be. So she's somebody that I just think of on a regular basis when I'm feeling lazy. (laughs) And I'm like, you know, if I'm like, I don't want to do this today. I'm like, oh, no, shut up. You can do it. You know, like, and I think of Danielle and her strength. And like, if she can do it for the love of God, like, stop complaining. Like, I can do it too. Um, But but in general, like, honestly, just, they're all so inspiring, like all of them. And I feel like each one of them, you can learn from uh, a lot of the adversity, which I think collectively makes, and I'm biased, but I do think women in, in construction and trades, um, they just have really interesting stories <laughs> um, of overcoming yeah. because it's not, a, it's not a simple, you know, it wasn't an easy path to take. And so when you talk to anybody who decided to do something against the grain, you just get really inspiring, just like chunks and tidbits of inspiration throughout their journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there a story of maybe a man making space or a specific company that's really worked to make space for women that stick out to you? So one of the articles that I did we, uh, that kind of was released at, you know, when we launched was of, like I had mentioned some dads that use the hashtag move over Bob. And one of them was from, uh, you know, about, so Pat, this guy, Pat, who owns an electrical company um, and his daughter, and he just always was hashtagging and sending me like messages and pictures of his daughters and tagging them. And um, I don't know, just seeing, seeing like the, the, the dads make, like eager and wanting to teach their daughters to me is always just the most like, you know, like, you know, kind of like heartwarming, like, oh, and I think too, speaking to an industry that desperately needs the younger generation, um, like, yeah. God, like, imagine if every dad in construction <laughs> decided to make room for yeah. their daughter and to scream from the rooftops that they hope their daughter becomes a plumber like them one day. I mean, how powerful in an industry that is dominated by men, um, you know, like how powerful really would that message be? And what could that do? right for the future of the construction industry to have more dads kind of step up and and make room just for their own daughters even um so let alone that also just challenging the stigma that's also normally related to the labor industries and it not being a a good job or not being something that you should strive to do right yeah totally I mean there's so much that yeah the stigma with blue collar jobs to me is has always been really infuriating and it's something that um, I've been really passionate about 
really since like high school, like writing papers about it. Like it's, it's been kind of this odd obsession of mine for a really long time. Um, I think mostly because when I was in high school is when the No Child Left Behind Act was passed, which had a really big effect on the skilled trades gap. And it's something that I've, I just have followed um, so throughout the years. Um, but with things like that, that took away from vocational education did come this, every kid has to go to college, you know, blue co- you know, blue collar trades work is, is not a viable option. And it's total, like, I want BS. I'll say BS. I mean, it's just, it's just not true. You know what I mean? Like working in the trades and having a job that like, and having a skill is just, it's a great career option, like an amazing career option. Not just like a, oh, settled for like, no, like I, I, I can't say enough how happy I am as much as I originally wanted to go go to college, I ended up dropping out because I couldn't afford to. And I got a trade and worked in barbering. And I'm so happy that I don't have a bunch of college debt. And I was able to do amazing things like save up for a home and buy a house and you know go on this journey because yeah. I'm making really good money with a skilled trade. So um, yeah, we have a lot of work to do with crushing that stigma, which I do think women, that's the other thing. I think women have an interesting place in, in flipping that, that narrative because it's like, so unfortunately, and like I said, it's total BS, but like a male plumber is like, Oh, a male plumber, but like a female plumber is like, Oh yeah, kick ass. She's amazing. You know what I mean? So it's like, like, because we then challenge the gender stereotype, we're also elevating the blue, you know what I mean? That blue collar job. So women kind of have an interesting place in changing the narrative in that respect because like now all of a sudden like female plumbers are like you know like we're kick-ass and empowering or you know what I mean or carpenters that are there's something about that that I think also adds an interesting layer to how women can actually help solve you know all the issues unfortunately that the industry has that's super interesting. I never thought about it in that way, where once women start stepping into roles, it almost elevates it to a certain degree, which is strange, but you're totally right. I never, ever thought about it in that way. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's, That's super interesting. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Like it's, I was, I, I think about like Duluth trading companies, like new marketing mm-hmm. stuff and how like, remember their commercials used to be this, like, I mean, it was funny, but they'd have like the guy and the plumber pants or whatever. And it was like a joke. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of poking fun at the blue collar, you know, blue collar work, really. Um, but yeah. now it's like, now they have a whole campaign for like women. And it's like, oh, she's badass. And she's strong. And she's, you know what I mean? And it's like empowering. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It is. It's just, it's, it's interesting how, you know, which hopefully, really, at the end of the day, the dream is, is that men would also be elevated in that same way. Because obviously, men doing this work are also just as awesome and cool. You know what I mean? Um, so oh, collectively. Yeah, like it's, it's collectively, you know, it the narrative just needs to change in general. But women do have an interesting, um, there we're just in an interesting position because we're fighting other stereotypes as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be a podcast in 2020 if I didn't bring up COVID. So <laughs> I just have one quick question about COVID. Um, because yeah. we, there's been a lot of conversations and studies even that are showing that COVID-19 has had a larger impact, disproportionately impacted women versus men in this pandemic in terms of job, la- uh, job loss, um, being back in the role of caretaker, and not being the ones that are brought back to their roles, um, and also being more at risk if they are in their roles. So it's starting to kind of shift this conversation, like you were saying before, about the need of people in the labor industry and starting to highlight that, you know, this is an industry that needs people and we're hiring and we're looking for women to come in. Have you started to notice a shift in conversation about women in construction since COVID or how women talk about it in relation to COVID? I actually haven't found to there isn't there hasn't been too much of a conversation specifically to construction or trades um about yeah. covid i think in general you just hear women talking about the like things that you just mentioned as far as like um having a bit of a disadvantage or feeling like they need to be caregivers or what have you um i don't know that it's specific to the construction industry or trades and i don't i can't necessarily say that um, there's been 
I've, I've, I've heard a, a larger conversation. If anything, it's been interesting. A lot of women pushing through to be like, you know, screw COVID. We're still going <laughs> to, you know what I mean? Get, raise yeah. this money or do this project. Or, I mean, it's amazing the things that women have just like powered through um, to still achieve. Yeah. You know, I just posted about um, the, the the house that she built, which is this, this huge project in Utah. That's going to be the first ever all women uh, built home, you know, and, and they, they broke ground in September, like COVID wasn't stopping them. You know, they're, they're flying women in from other parts of the country to participate in the build. Like, I mean, um, so I, I, I can't say that I have noticed it being something specific to women in the industry. I do think, um, I mean, just on a, on a personal note, from my perspective, you know, having a son and, and, and um, I think, not having, uh, like being a business owner, um, and depending on how, you know, how large of a company you work for, like, I think health insurance to me is more of the, it's not necessarily about like, if I, if I had the job that had all the health insurance, then it'd probably be, you know, more, uh, I guess, I don't know how to say this. I guess like uh, my husband has, has health insurance, right? Like his job is the one that has health insurance. So we can't risk him, you know what I mean? Cutting back from work or doing right. anything like that versus, you know, as a business owner, it's like, okay, I mean, it's unfortunate. And I, you know, we had to make, you know, some decisions on how to make this work or how to keep it moving. But um, I think uh, there's, yeah, that's a complex issue. I think there are definitely some gender things, but I do think that just in general, like, um, there's just a lot of things <laughs> that I think this just this country wasn't yeah. prepared um, when it comes to, yeah. I think small, I've, I've heard more complaints just from a small business standpoint, I think, than I have heard, yeah. um, you know, a woman in trades or a woman in construction. Um, it's, but that's interesting the- too, because it's like, the, yeah, it's like the media has taken this one side of it because it is such a hot topic and it's something that's been talked about. I mean, it's been three or four, maybe even more years of, of news articles and, and construction publishing uh, whether it's magazines or websites saying, you know, women are the missing workforce and women are going to fill this gap. And and so it's interesting that even though that's what's the news that's kind of coming out related to COVID, that maybe that's not being reflected in the actual on the ground conversations. Yeah, yeah, I don't. And and, and it might just be, you know, like I, you know, uh, yeah, it hasn't it hasn't jumped out, at least not from my, you know, yeah. where I'm in my, you know, bubble right. that I'm in. I think it's also different too from like you were saying the small business perspective versus these larger companies that maybe have a bigger capacity to say well let's let's bring on all these people and we can do all these things with the safety protocols in place that's going to be very different from you know a small mom and pop shop or a construction company that just does you know renos or whatever else it is too so I think it's also very dependent because the industry itself is like a patchwork of different companies and different sizes and different projects um, so I think it's definitely hard to make blanket statements about what's happening in the industry as a whole. Yeah, I think for sure, especially an industry like construction where like, I think sometimes people think of the construction industry and they think of it like big commercial projects, which sure. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? But there's also a lot of small businesses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's hard to make blanket statements about certain things, um, especially, you know, talking about the pandemic and how that's affecting people. Um because that's just a, there's countless ways in which you can't compare, you know, the, like I have a friend who has a, she is a, an electrician and she has a crew and it's small and one of the guys got COVID and she had to like shut down everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, and it wasn't a very big operation, but it's like you only have five guys, you know what I mean? And one of them gets yeah. COVID, like, what are you going to do? Right. So, you know, but that's very, but I also have a friend who does, she does commercial plumbing and she, you know, her job site was shut down for a while. So she was waiting for being able to jump back in. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I I think it, I guess I haven't really looked at it through a gender lens. It's just kind of more just seeing everybody's different, different positions. Yeah. So I'm going to shift this next question a little bit. And I just want to touch base on some of the changes that are happening within the industry anyways. And just how that's been affecting maybe the way that women and people in general are starting to see the construction industry. Because over the past few years, there's, I don't know if it's because of technology or just 
knowledge and exposure through the media nowadays, but there's an increased focus on safety. There's way more conversations about mental health and the need of work-life balance and trying to challenge this, um, you know, I work 12 hours a day because that's what is expected and there's no, there's no change from that. Um, and just kind of the traditional culture that's kind of lived and grown within the industry. So now that it's starting to become a little bit more open, a little bit more inclusive, a little bit more focused on communication and teamwork, how do you, how important do you think that these kinds of shifts within the workplace culture are in encouraging women to at least be interested and to view it as, um, as a possibility for a career? Um, I think there it's very important. Um, and it's something that I've been trying to figure out how to approach from like move over Bob's standpoint as far as like writing articles talking about this type of stuff um because I think for yeah. women you know we're not I don't think any woman thinks they're going to get into this industry without <laughs> obstacles um so no one's going into sure. it thinking that they don't exist so but at the same time it's really a difficult it's difficult to talk about and for women you know like sexual harassment's an issue right I mean that's that's something that's different very specific to women um but like um and how that can relate to like mental health and things like that. So kind of trying to figure out a way to touch on those topics so that it's not ignored um, and, and, and kind of trying to approach it in a way that encourages women to know that there are, you know, resources and there are, you know, it's a difficult, it's just a difficult topic. Um, one of the things yeah. I appreciate is we're actually working on a story right now um, about a woman in New Zealand, because we have, women from all over the world, which is neat. Um, and she has been very open about like her men- mental health and work-life balance. She's a driller. And, um, you know, we have, uh, we're working on a story with her right now, but we're, we are, we're being very, we have to be very careful about how we tell her story, right? Because we need to make sure that it, you know, she, she now works for a company that is great and is doing everything and everything to elevate and make sure that she's in a safe work space, but, you know, we're working with her and her, like literally the PR for her company to make sure <laughs> that we're telling this yeah. story, that we're doing it in a way that's respectful and, 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 and resourceful and inspiring. Um, but still, you know, not sugarcoating it to the degree that, you know, that, you know, you don't want to sugarcoat something like that terribly. Right. So, um, Absolutely. so it's just, it is, it's like this really, it's a, and it's an interesting balance. And I think, um, for women, you know, I do, feel like sometimes we walk this really like kind of fine line about talking about struggles, you know, and wanting to be open about the difficulties and things like that, but then not wanting to discourage women from knowing that, yeah, this stuff can happen. You know what I mean? Um, Yes, it can be hard and there's, you know, um, and I think then that kind of bleeds into obviously the larger conversation that can be have as, you know, had as a whole for the entire industry, as far as work-life balance. Um, uh, I think in general, you know, we don't necessarily always do a great job about talking about mental health. I mean, that's just another whole, a whole nother can of worms that we can talk about as far as, which, you know, and, and especially I feel like, um, yeah, I just, yeah, that's, it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic that needs to be talked about. And it's really great that people are starting to like, kind of open the conversation up um, and actually, but do it in a productive way. I guess that's at the end of the day. And that's kind of what, trying to make sure that we're doing a move over Bob is like, yeah, we're going to talk about it, but like, we're not going to just sit around and complain about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't just yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. It's good to say, like, it's good to know this stuff happens, but like, how can we be resourceful and productive to like move the conversation forward and yeah. actually create solutions? Um, so I think as long as the conversations are revolved around productivity and how to actually make it better instead of just, you know, yeah. Like I'm never a huge fan of the, like, uh, I'm like trying so hard not to curse on your podcast because I'm like, I'm such a potty mouth, but I'm like I'm never a huge fan of people just like sitting around complaining about stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I think sometimes as women, I have to say like, you know, that's just not fun. Like, it's just not fun to sit around and like complain and gossip about like things wrong. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just not, <laughs> that's just not a great conversation. Also, especially, yeah. Especially in this industry too. Like, it's so important that it's not, that it doesn't turn into a thing where the women have conversations, but the men aren't included in it. Because at the end of the day, workplace culture and mental health and those kinds of conversations, even like what you were saying about like, 
you know, sexual harassment. Like men also need to be involved in that conversation. And Mm. if they're not the ones that are talking about it because they haven't been exposed to it, then it's so important and valuable for women to bring them into that conversation and say like, it's important that you know that this does happen. Because like you were saying with the men reacting to the Move Over Bob movement as a whole, more often for not, they're going to be just as angry about it as any woman would be as well. Because nobody wants to work at a company where they feel like somebody's not safe. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. So with with Move Over Bob being like you said, it's kind of like a global movement. You have people from all over. Have you noticed any cultural differences between, well, you just said that there's somebody from Australia uh, versus, you know, in the U.S. So where are do you have people from and do you notice that there's differences culturally with how they talk about the industry? So um, uh, I feel like so New Zealand's been kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I actually got to say, like. If anything, it kind of makes you realize how much we all have in common. <laughs> like, yeah, the skill trades gap too being something that almost like every country in the world has a skill trades gap right now. I think, um, like Japan and Germany are the only ones that don't. Um, but like, it, yeah. it has been interesting to just see the entire world tapping into this untapped workforce of women because it's it's everywhere. It's not just in America um, that women are being recruited and trying to fill this their workforce. Um, so it's not, it's not an isolated, um, situation that's happening in just America. As far as the culture goes, um, I don't, I don't know that I noticed again, I think if anything, what I noticed is how similar everybody is, um, and just how similar everybody's situations are and how, um, yeah, like that, that part is actually, I would say the most surprising. Um, I have some people like some women like that hashtag and like, Germany and things like that. And I can't understand what they're writing. So I don't really, I can't tell, but, um, but it also looks like they're having, I don't know, like it looks like, I mean, uh, but uh, yeah. But that's so cool for you that like you have somebody that doesn't even, I mean, that speaks a different language and they've still gotten, you know, whiff of this movement that you've started for a joke <laughs> after going to your first class. So that's yeah. volume to, the, the way women are looking for a way to connect with other women and to be involved in these conversations. I think that that's yeah, awesome. Looking for empowerment. I got a message from a group in Lebanon, which is like, I was like, what? Oh, no which I'm actually half Lebanese. So I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Like in Lebanon, like it was some female empowerment group that were like made a post. They're like, move over, Bob. I was like, what? I, it's, awesome. it's funny how universal, like apparently Bob is. Like Bob's a pretty universal guy. Yeah. Like, um yeah it's been kind of yeah no it's been really awesome we're actually yeah it's it's cool it's really cool I've actually just recently partnered with NAWIC um and we're doing uh in an effort to try because NAWIC is like which is a national association of women in construction they are very present in America but they also have uh different chapters like all through the world um and which is fascinating to me so um, kind of in an effort with NAWIC, we're highlighting women within America, but um, going to be trying to also highlight women in other areas of the world where there are NAWIC. Um, so it's it's cool. I think that's the thing about women in construction. Um, when you do, you know, look into other places in the world, just it, it's really empowering to see just how much we all want each other yeah. <laughs> to do more. I mean, it's, yeah. It's a really, it's really neat in that way. Um, it's, it's really interesting um, just how much we all have in common and how much we actually just really want to move each other forward and try to get more women in, in the industry, no matter where they are. So five years from now, maybe even 10 years from now, what would you love to see the Move Over Bob movement be doing or even just the construction industry in general be doing um, in terms of having more women in the industry? So with Move Over Bob, I mean, I would love to, um, you know, again, really what it boils down to is I want to be able to disseminate the information as as, uh, efficiently as possible. So there's so much to expand on with the existing platform. That is a really simple platform. You know, it's just it's it's articles featuring amazing trailblazers that, you know, trying to make each one of those articles very resourceful within their own right, because women's stories are resourceful. Um, But then in addition to that, just, you know, a really easy place 
for women who want to get into the industry, just like a good like place of discovery where they feel like there's a good jumping off point to find those organizations, to find those associations and nonprofits and companies that welcome them. Um, just a really easy place to find um, other places to go in their journey, yeah. basically. Um, so I, I feel really strongly about, you know, the fact that even as simple as a format as it is, you know, in five years, like it, it's going to take a long time. It's a really big industry and there's a lot of information to disseminate um, that yeah. is getting easier to find, but is also still kind of difficult to um, get the resources to get out there. Um, but as far as the yeah. industry, I mean, my hope again, and this is what I'm hoping in, with Move Over Bob, why why I chose to, you know, do it as a as this website, um, is I do think that you know there's so many really interesting projections about what what people are expecting, um, as far as how you know with the percentage of women in in the construction industry. Um, I remember last January, I had been doing a lot of research trying to find numbers, like just I don't know if you have any experience with this before, but like finding data on women in construction, it was like all static. Yeah. Like 9% of women. It was the only thing you could find. Right. But then last January, all of this amazing data came out about women in construction, uh, which makes me really excited because I'm a nerd (laughs) for, for this next year to see what more, because it tells you like, because everybody, like the industry is waking up and they know that data is important and we need to know how many women are out there, where they are, what they're doing. Um, and start investing in the future of women in construction. And I think that if we play our cards right, and this is where, you know, I do think it's going to take, it's just, it's going to take all women to just work. I say this all the time, you know, the yeah. whole community, community over competition, you know, there's no reason to compete with each other. We need to like, all be talking about how awesome everybody is like, know the different organizations and associations that maybe don't serve you, but they could serve your sister if you talk to her and she needs something, you know, like just know the information and know what's out there. Um, So I think if women actually really come together and share resources and and are more open with these conversations that need to be had um, and encouraging the next generation or encouraging women who want to do a second career, um, you know, just just Mm -hmm. making it accessible. If we do that and we really play our cards right, then we really could significantly change the percentage of women in construction. Um, but it's, you know, the men are like, okay, it's the seats are open, but it's up to us to actually do what we need to do to make sure that we can fill them <laughs> and stay there, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's why I think it's so great that you're so much of your message with move over Bob is about providing a space to get that information. Right. I, I just think that that's a huge gap. And if you have information, I'm a big believer that knowledge is power. So the more that you know where to go to get information, the more confident you're going to feel in taking that step. And I think that that's such a huge part of it. Yeah, especially for women, right? Specifically, I think women oh. really need to know everything before we for do sure. anything. <laughs> like so cautious, like overly cautious yeah. sometimes. Like, um, so yeah, especially for, for us. Yeah. So uh, just over half of our listeners here on Dirt Stories are men. So I was wondering if you had any messages you'd like to leave specifically for them before uh, we kind of sign off for the rest of uh, rest of the day or for the rest of the podcast episode. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if men could fully understand that we really want to work next to them, we want to work with them, we want to learn from them. Um, we're excited to get in and get our hands dirty. Um, I think, you know, knowing that we're not, you know, there, yes, there's movements about women coming together, but at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with like women taking over. It's just that, you know, women kind of just need that extra push and encouragement. And if men jump in and, and want to be allies with us in our kind of efforts to encourage other women to feel welcomed, um, that would be amazing. I love that. I think that that's like, you couldn't have said it any better. That was, oh, I love that. It makes my heart warm. As a woman who's so passionate about these stories, it's, I think it's such a great, great message. And I, and I think that it would be awesome if, if that's how everybody looked at it, that it's not about taking anything. It's about sharing a space and having a safe place for everybody. I think that that's so awesome. Do you have anything else you'd like to kind of leave off with uh, for us today, Angela, or anything else that you'd like to add? I honestly, not, not really. I was so 
like I was so in love and impressed with your questions that you sent me. Like I really appreciate the amount of thought that you put into the questions. I really do because I mean, I there there you really I feel like you really covered stuff. I love that you really kind of dug into the message as a whole. Yeah, there's so much out there in the industry. And I mean, that's where Dirt Stories came from is we just really wanted to kind of, like you do with Move Over Pop, we want to dive into these stories, but more so we want to get at like the meat of it and why it matters. Because I think that there's so much out there in the industry that it's really easy to kind of brush over the surface and be like, okay, like I get it. Like, let's move on to the next thing. And movements, Mm -hmm. especially like this one, are so vital to really digging into it and getting your hands right into the mess of it all and really trying to understand as much as much as it uh, as you can a real honor to be able to come on and not only hear from you but we have so many amazing leaders in the industry and it's awesome because even the men that do come onto the podcast they are just like they're so passionate about this conversation as well and I think that it's it's good to expose to people that it's not just women that are out over here, you know, jumping up and down and trying to bring attention to it. So many men are also so passionate about it too. Um, And I think that that deserves as much exposure as we can give it. But if you could just let our listeners know uh, where they can find you, uh, what's your social hashtag? Is it just at move over Bob? Yes. It's at move over Bob on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. And then there's also moveoverbob.com. Um, and it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Angela. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to join me on this episode. And I look forward to following along with what Move Over Bob does into the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you inviting me and I love everything that you're doing uh, with Dozer. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dirt Stories. If you have a dirt story to share, reach out to us on social at Dozer Hub, or you can send us an email at dirtstories at dozer.com. You can catch all the latest dirt story episodes on Instagram at Dozer Hub or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Dirt Stories is produced by Dozer, the world's leading software solutions company for heavy equipment rentals. Whether you're searching for equipment on the Dozer Marketplace or looking to introduce e-commerce to your rental company website, Dozer has the solution for you. Learn more at dozer.com. I'm Jennifer Cote, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Dirt Stories. 